Sophie, are you ready to get in bed with me? I am ready to get in bed with you. <laughs> me too. I'll scoot over a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Everyone, I have Sophie St. Thomas with me, author of Sex With and Weed Witch and journalist. Yes. So happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. That's amazing. Thank you for coming. It's Halloween. It's today's Halloween. We don't know when this is going to air, but today's Halloween. So so happy Halloween. Our, our goddess is here and I'm wearing like pajamas, which is <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> Okay. And do I identify as a witch? Do I identify as a witch? I, yeah. Do you call yourself a witch? Um, to be honest, other people call me a witch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I've no like, if you Google me, it's like author and like practicing witch. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I, I am happy to identify as a witch, but I do think it's interesting because it's like... Um, People assume whatever you write about that you are as a journalist. Um, I first realized that when I started writing about like sex, I'm good at getting ahead of myself, but in like, you know, 10 years or 10 years ago or so, when it was like more appropriate to like come on to women whenever you wanted, like men would always be like, oh, she's a sex writer. Like, of course she's going to fuck me. Mm. And not to equate people calling me a witch with that. But when I see people call me a witch and I'd be like, I want to like show me the line where I identify as a witch. You yeah. just know that I write about this, and so yeah. now you're calling me a witch. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, on to your next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so people call you a witch, but you don't necessarily call yourself a witch. Okay, I call. I used to call myself a witch. If I'm just being like brutally honest on this podcast, I am just like a little like tired of it. Okay. We're moving <laughs> like, on from it. We're moving on from it. We're moving on from it. I've written five books six six books total five that have come out and three of the five have been about witchcraft um i'm also a lore magazine's astrologer which is um a job i love and i want to keep being a lore's astrologer like i love them if they're listening but i've just written three books with spells in it like three books with like witch in the title i Mm -hmm. I'm ready to move on for it, from it professionally. So I don't mean to offend the witch community by being like witch again. It's that I just finished my sixth book, which is about political witch hunts. Um, and I am so excited for that, that I'm already in like, I'm a journalist. This is like serious. The election is coming up like, like mode. So that's where I'm at with the word witch. Do you think people take you less seriously when you see your other work as a journalist? Like, they take you less seriously as a journalist because of your uh, other work? That reminds me of, like, being a sex writer back when it was more taboo. I I don't see it that way. But then sometimes I remember, like, oh, this means a different thing to a lot of people. Like, for instance, I used to throw parties, like, in nightlife. And mm-hmm. um, at one of my parties, I had a tattoo artist. It was um, a holiday party at a goth bar called Happy Holidays. And I got this that. pentagram tattoo. And... Um, to me, it's just like a tattoo I got by the tattoo artist I hired who was giving out tats- like spooky tattoos mm-hmm. at this party. But I wasn't raised in any religion. Every now and then people like have a huge reaction to this tattoo. And I'm like, it's just a, a party tattoo. Mm-hmm. But people are like, the devil, the devil. But continue. So again, <laughs> like politician answer. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting people's perceptions. Mm-hmm. Is there something you wish people would stop assuming about you? Well, I don't know. I don't really know what people are assuming about me, but I'm really looking forward to the release this summer of um, my sixth book, 
because I wish I, I hope if people don't take me seriously I hope they do because mm-hmm. I am a really good journalist and I'm really good at my job and I'm really smart if anyone hears the word witch or sex or whatever mm-hmm. it is whatever's going on and um assumes less of me I, I actually I really don't care as long as enough other people buy my books <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've only heard great things about you as a journalist. Like, you're an amazing journalist. Thank you. I mean, I, I know I am. Mm. I know I am. And I can say that I'm a Scorpio, and Scorpios are the investigators of the Zodiac, um, which is true. And that doesn't cheapen it for me. But yeah, maybe it does for the people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when this episode airs out, your book will not be out yet. Probably. The sixth one? Yeah. No. That comes out in the summer, yeah. But we can talk about what it's... Yeah, we can regarding. absolutely okay. talk about it. So what's the message that you want to like tell people with this book? The message probably is hypocrisy, but it is about political witch hunts and reproductive justice So and how those overlap, whether we're going back to antiquity before Jesus existed and what abortion looked like before Christianity was practiced and... Um, or like the sex lives of like Cleopatra and the royals versus the lower classes or into the Middle Ages when we have the Inquisition, which um, to me is the most accurate like example of a witch hunt, a word that's thrown around, thrown around a lot because it combined a true belief in witches with actually like killing people um, and how the Black plague led to like stricter abortion laws and tying that to COVID up until the present and QAnon, you know, I get to write about the eighties when Nancy Reagan was like consulting an astrologer for most of her political decisions, but simultaneously using satanic panic to like spread anti-abortion messages to Anton LaVey, like a very famous Satanist at the time. He actually is like really against abortion. Um, Anyways, that's my elevator pitch of my book that is going to come out next summer. Do we know the title or not yet? Well, I keep, we're actually just talking about the title today, to be honest. <laughs> okay. I, um, It's working title is The Devil's Work. Um, but if I'm not saying the title, it's because <laughs> I know there's a chance it could change. Okay, we'll put it in the description if it's solidified by now. By okay, then. that'd be great. Thank okay. you. So who should be reading or who should read this book? Everyone. I want everyone to read it. Like absolutely everyone. Yeah, def- no, not a specific group of people. Everyone, everyone, buy my book. Everyone, buy everyone. So I want book. all of okay. you. Yeah, everyone. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and then give it to your friends, but buy it for your friends. <laughs> buy it for everyone, and yeah. if you don't like it, just buy a ton of copies and burn them all. Cause also look at the book <laughs> sales. <laughs> <laughs> Since it's Halloween, are there any spooky stories, scary stories that you've? had regarding witchcraft spells or have you fucked up like tell us what do you mean have i fucked up have you fucked up a spell and then bad karma came to you i I don't believe in that okay i don't believe that you could cause bad karma by doing a spell or like if you curse someone it'll come back to you three times i think that you're already if you're listen if you feel the need to like drag out like a black candle and like some nails and like shit in a jar and like leave it in front of a graveyard you are not in a good place right like you are like you you feel fucking awful like you are miserable um so karma already has you to if like if you're doing that spell like if someone 
hated me enough to do a crazy ritual to hex me I Mm -hmm. would laugh and be like thanks for like the attention you know what I mean like it's like why are you so obsessed with me (laughs) so I think the action of performing such spells is already karma in progress if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and are there ways to protect yourself if someone was trying to throw bad shit at you um i mean i could say like it's not even necessary close your eyes and like imagine like a diamond shield going around you but no i i think you know to me like the whole spell thing is about manifesting and getting what you want and Mm -hmm. i think confidence is like the best spell and like confidence is just another way to say like protection shield Mm -hmm. you know if if you're confident if you're loving yourself if you're like feeling yourself if you're feeling happy and positive then no no like candle spell or poop Mm -hmm. and nails in a jar is gonna hurt you so yeah that's protection yeah exactly I like when I talk about spell work I just I like to be honest with people and I want to tell them something that will actually work yeah so you know talking about confidence as a protection spell to me is a lot more useful than giving you like a very detailed very expensive with a long ingredient list you know like buy this like specific like periwinkle candle and then like Mm -hmm. wait until a Tuesday and find this herb that costs like $39 and you know what I mean like that's that's just not my style okay so how have you become so confident did you grow up like was that taught to you or did you have to do a lot of inner work to become so confident i like hit rock bottom i like had no friends and like wanted to kill myself how old were you when this happened that happened when i was 25 okay um that's 10 years ago i am 35 now but yeah it was I just had to like build myself up from scratch and I did it how did you do it tell us what are some advice or if if someone's hitting rock bottom what could you you just have to like live through it I mean I was like assault like assaulted um I don't want to get into it but that person is in prison now for like another bad thing he did and um God, I, I, I quit drinking. I haven't had a drink in 10 years. But when you first quit drinking, you re- kind of realize often that you have like no friends because all your friends were like party friends. Mm-hmm. And also you have to feel like everything that you've been covering with like alcohol for so long, like depression and anxiety. And um, I used to have such bad social anxiety back then that I would like get an invite to a party, walk to the party and not even be able to enter and like turn back around. Like I was like shaking so much. Wow. Um, But, you know, that really made me realize like the value of friends. And now I mean, I'm engaged, but I still put so much effort into my friendships. Like I prioritize them and I'm having a support system is so crucial. I also really believe in like faking it till you make it. You know, just like, you know, for instance, David Bowie had Ziggy Stardust. He created this character of Ziggy Stardust, who's like the epic alien, like eccentric, um, cocky rock star. And then he like became the creature he created. You know, Beyonce talks about having like Sasha Fierce, Mm -hmm. you know, when she's about to go on stage, she pretends to be Sasha Fierce. And 
if we want to talk in magical terms, this could be considered a form of glamour magic. But yeah, if ever I'm not feeling confident, I just tell myself like, no, you're so confident. You're Sophie St. Thomas and like you're a rock star. And then it like ends up working. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great advice. Okay. What about your sexuality journey? Walk me through that. Um... I'm bisexual. I probably always knew that. Like when I was in fourth grade, I got in big trouble because I like hacked onto my teacher's computer and looked up Ginger Spice's nudes. How did you hack into their computer? Well, this was like, so like I'm a, well, I don't know how old you are, but I'm a millennial. Okay. So you're like, I'm older, like a whole generation older than you. So this is back in the day when internet was like new, you know, and computers didn't have the same like security, like security. Mm-hmm. He just had a big like PC, Mr. Wilson. This is in the Virgin Islands. Um, and I'm in fourth grade and I never like actually called myself bisexual until I the like the day I moved to New York. Well, uh, how old were you when you moved to New York? Right after college. So okay. let's see, 23. Mm-hmm. But I grew up in the Virgin Islands and then I went to school in Virginia and then North Carolina the south and i was so out of place in the south um and i moved to new york in 2010 Mm -hmm. and as soon as i came i was like i'm bisexual but i knew for a long time before that i think the moment that is like proof that existed though was when i hacked on mr wilson's computer to look at ginger spice nudes in fourth grade (laughs) (laughs) literally iconic yeah right like i just i just i heard about them you know, people mm-hmm. were like gossiping. Everyone loved the Spice mm-hmm. Girls. This is like the '90s. They're like, oh "My God, like Ginger Spice did like a naked photo shoot." Uh. <laughs> and I was I, like, I had to see it, so I looked, and it was fabulous. Yes. Yeah, she looked great. Did it meet your expectations? It, it did. It, it really, it re- yeah. truly did. <laughs> so when you moved to New York, you were like, "I'm by," and did you get a chance to explore that here? Yeah, right away. I like went on OkCupid. I set my like profile to men and women those are probably the only options they were offering in 2010 um and immediately went out and hooked up with a with a girl i mean a boys too but girls and you never looked back no never looked back i just kept like getting like gayer and gayer actually (laughs) is that and when did you start writing about sex Right away. Um, also here in New York. Also here in New York. I, my first job was in TV. I had a day job in TV because it's really hard to... It took me a long time to be, be a writer because it it's hard to make money as a writer. Um, but right away, like I was writing for like Exo Jane and Vice and all these like, mm-hmm. you know, all that like millennial shit. <laughs> Um, but before that I was, I studied journalism and wrote for my student newspaper in high school. I was on like the video production team and was like making newsreels about the Iraq war. I've, I've always been writing or Mm -hmm. creating in in Mm -hmm. one way or another. When you hit rock bottom, did that journey of self-confidence also help you in your sexuality confidence? Like, did you also become sexually confident or were you already like confident in your sexuality by then i've i've always been very confident in my sexuality to be honest with you like in, great. like in high school when i lost my virginity i literally was like i am not a virgin like i hate this word i don't feel like a virgin mm-hmm. like i have to get this this label away from me and there was a party that night and i went to like 
the gas station that was known to sell beer to minors and I bought like Smirnoff ice and like Trojan condoms and went to this house party and literally just you, went you had a goal in mind yeah and I walked like- up to like this hot older guy who I had made out with before and he like had like a tongue ring and it was like the basketball team star and I was like oh my god Matt will totally do this so I just asked him I was like do you want to go downstairs and have sex with me and of course he said yes <laughs> and so I lost my virginity easy peasy I, I yeah I've always been like that mm-hmm. okay but uh and what have you learned throughout the years have you had any dramatic changes have you like okay actually even more confident or or be better at asserting boundaries or no you know I only want to fuck women for a period of time or um Honestly, more what's changed in me is like relationships. Um, I like don't want kids and I've always had a very healthy perspective about what could be a long-term relationship. Like in high school and college, I never expected to like marry or settle down with anyone. And I think it allowed me, sex has never been the issue. It's, I would say it's been like in my present relationship which is like over four years like learning to be in in a healthy relationship is what I've gotten better at or I would say like actually paid attention to Mm -hmm. you know um like empathy and and picking your battles and showing up for someone and compromising Mm -hmm. and loving someone despite their faults and like learning that differences can be okay that's been what I've gotten better at. I think I've always been great at sex. <laughs> That's great. And what so what are some of the resources that have helped you be better at healthy relationships? God, this is so corny, but I think it's just like love. I just like love my fiance so much. And it like I just I just have to learn it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just I just know I have to. I just because you don't want to lose this person. I, I feel like I have a pretty smart. I have a very strong intuition. Maybe that's why I'm tied to like the. Excuse me. That maybe that's why I'm drawn to the witchcraft stuff. But I just know when I need to do something, whether it's write a book mm-hmm. or make a relationship work, even when you like want to run away and be like, oh, I need to break up with them because we have like we, we don't agree on this or like, mm-hmm. oh, I shouldn't settle down. And then then you're just like no this is right like stop making excuses for yourself um you know I I just realized that a lot of my bad habits or I wouldn't say bad habits I realized I never dated like intentionally looking for a life partner even when I thought I did if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but then I found someone who's an excellent life partner and I just have to like grow up and, and be there but it's been really beautiful and really wonderful are you excited for everything that's to come in this relationship? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just day by day, mm-hmm. right? You know, I don't, I, I'm a sex and dating journalist, which makes me think about relationships and sex very almost clinically. Um, I don't, ex- it's not like I am think we're going to like get married married and then everything's going to change i like hope nothing changes right Right. it's just it's legal document it's just a legal i mean it's more it's legal document but it's also you know it's like a celebration Mm -hmm. like a decision 
your relationship can stay the same. But I, but I, I, it's not like it's, I mean, we already li- li- have lived together for a few years. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's more just, again, like just showing up a- a- every day and um, being there for another person, which at least for me, like, I remember like being in therapy when I was like 25 and when I was like in the worst place in my life, but I still had like my career together. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been good at, good at that and and good at prioritizing that and my, my therapist at the time was just like oh sophie like some people are better at s- some parts of life than other ones and she was talking about like me being better in my professional life than my personal relationships but now i feel like i'm succeeding in both my personal relationships and my professional life and that's a really cool feeling that's great yeah you spoke about never wanting kids how did you realize that you never wanted them and was it a hard conversation for you to have or accept no it was the easiest thing in the world I mean it also like wasn't even a question okay you know I never think about kids until people are like are you having kids mm-hmm. I'm like oh I, I I never had to make a decision like do you want kids or not because mm-hmm. it was never even an instinct that kicked in mm-hmm. like I don't have an aching womb my womb screen is not it, no it's almost oh my god no babies no babies mm-hmm. um this is like problematic, but I actually don't even really like babies. I don't like kids at all, so like, I understand. I remember when I used to work at VH1, the, that was my TV job I mentioned earlier, you know, and it was a corporate job and now I'm a writer and I work from home, but at the time I had like a cubicle and like someone like showing up with their baby after being gone and literally hiding under my desk. <laughs> so I like didn't have to like interact with it interact with it and i and everyone else was like cooing and like mm-hmm. and i'm sure this thing like deserved adoration and was very beautiful and it's and, and like one of my best friends just had a baby and it's something she wants and i'm so 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 happy for her but just me personally i just it's just not a part of my life and i like like it's hard to make money as a writer i don't have a lot but i have enough that I can like do it full time if I had a kid no way like they're so expensive they're so like I would have to leave New York I'm already an insomniac like last night I was up till 5 a.m like working writing no and then I slept like a few hours and like got some work done and came here like add a baby to like my crazy like I am like mentally ill you know what I mean I mean I'm a baby I'm yeah exactly i am baby yeah you're baby and my fiance is daddy (laughs) you know he didn't want kids and that was a problem for him dating because you know he would like fall in love with people but women would want children Mm -hmm. so we'd have to be like well you know we gotta go Mm -hmm. and but now i like joke i was like oh you were always meant to be a dad just like my daddy (laughs) Um, that's that's actually a big there's lots of love between us but not wanting kids i think is a reason why both me and my fiance wanted to marry each other mm-hmm. um maybe for the first time because yeah mo- a lot most people want kids i yeah. think less and less less now. and less now uh, it's yeah. become more accept- acceptable be like you know what i i don't like kids and i don't want them i, w- I would it's just it would be so bad no yeah. <laughs> it would be sad. <laughs> it would be really bad for for yeah. everyone last time i got a pap smear I think I, I was 25 and I was like, hey, can we talk about getting my tubes tied? And she's like, yeah, sure. No questions asked. Oh, she wow. just explained the procedure. It's fucking expensive, at least yeah. in Costa Rica. Um, 
and she was just like whenever you want and i can try to make it cheaper for you i know you really want this nothing no questions asked and i was like i this is why you're my gynecologist i love you yeah that's amazing it has changed i did you know a few generations ago i we would just be expected to be housewives yeah and have kids and that would be our job and no one would even like ask us what we wanted to do Mm -hmm. when we grew up Mm -hmm. um i probably take that for granted but I, st- I still feel like it's rare, less so in no, it is. in places like New York City. But mm-hmm. if my Instagram is correct, like most people I went to college with have like full blown human children <laughs> by now, you know, like more than one of them. Honestly, pets are the new kids. Oh, my God. Humans my are like the alien pets that people used to have, exotic animals. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Thank you for, for asking. But okay. how I know is that it's never come it up it just never was yeah yeah it never was yeah i think the same and then but people are always like oh you'll change your mind you know it's like just no i won't yeah I or or i just gave the souls of my unborn children to satan as a exchange yeah. for success as an author mm. that's a good answer yeah we'll trade you for that okay <laughs> okay what are some of your articles that you're most proud of or that are your favorite Um, what am I most proud of? Like you're like, uh, this is so well written or backed up by like facts or, or this was just beautifully written, even though it's like not as serious or, um, this isn't serious at all. <laughs> I have two answers. My serious <laughs> answer is that, um, in 2017, there was two category, category five hurricanes that hit the Virgin Islands where I grew up. And um, I wrote about it for Glamour. I wrote about how after hurricanes, when power is wiped out and electricity is gone and, you know, there's no importing anything into places like the Caribbean that people get pregnant and have children because there's, you know, no access to family planning. Mm -hmm. Um, That is my most serious favorite article. And my silliest favorite article is... um, an article I wrote about high times for stoner Swifties because I just, it was really well researched and really well written. Um, But that's not a serious article at all. Stoners love Swifties. A brand of them. Yeah. They have their own subreddit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, most people love they live So they, they 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 do. They, yeah, they do. I, I've, I hated her and then I became obsessed with her and now (laughs) I'm actually worried. I'm like swaying back into, disliking her (gasps) why i just like you know she i know that everyone loves her new football boyfriend Mm because they're like wholesome and americana and he's not problematic yeah but i just have a hard time relating to it because it's so like prom king and queen Mm -hmm. and it's it's too it's so i i I think i like messy taylor swift the problematic one i think i like when taylor swift it's like I, I I just she I like t- messy Taylor Swift I've learned okay. end of story that's good we can go back and listen to that music yeah maybe the new album you'll hate but we'll, we'll, I mean I'll still listen to it obsessively at midnight like I'm full of shit but yeah okay, okay uh, favorite thing about your job I I love writing is like my whole thing I love to write so much but probably like 
that I get to make my own hours because like I mentioned like I'm you're a night owl I'm a night owl I'm an insomniac I'm like a chronically ill crazy person I have among other things like long COVID which as a result I have these like migraines where you're I feel bad because people used to say migraine I was like oh you have a headache like I am puking half the day Uh, it is like the worst hangover of my entire life except I haven't had a drink in 10 years so it's really unfair but it's just impossible to work um my god I, I really don't but I get to create my own hours you know I can like work a weekend if I need to I can work at night if I need to and I think that's become more feasible for other people with work from home since COVID but looking back on like my 20s where I worked like a nine to five in an office I have no idea how I pulled that schedule off being this being like a weird sick person you know Mm -hmm. some of that yeah yeah like being your own boss basically and making your hours and you get to write about what you want now basically except if a publication is like write about this um i do yeah i do get to write about what i want it's pretty it's really incredible Mm -hmm. i need to i need to remember that i'm lucky for that more often that's yeah well you're doing what you want to be doing and that comes with its own issues yeah i was about to say it's easy to focus too much on the difficulties of it yeah you know but yeah once i was taught i have a friend who works in in finance like big wall street finance firms and she has so much money and i'm like so was so jealous of her and we were i mean we were talking about it openly i was like i'm Mm -hmm. so jealous of you like i have all these like money i have so much like financial stress and like financial planning i have to do and you're just like buying houses and then but then she was like talking about how jealous she was of me because of how i get to spend my days Mm -hmm. and that is worth something you know i wouldn't trade it for the world i was trying to think of a figure like what money would how much money would be enough to like quit riding like you could have a nine to five for like working for like someone else someone else yeah how much do you know? Do you even know? <laughs> like, a, would you actually? A billion, maybe? Like, <laughs> a billion a year? <laughs> and you don't want to do it for one year and then you what, quit. Yeah, <laughs> how, like, however much Taylor Swift makes, like, yeah, that much. Like, that much. Mm-hmm. it would, and then I would, and I would still sneak and do it. Yeah. yeah, I would still be sneaking around and writing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the devil would, like, have to come and be like, you made this deal. And I'd be like, this <laughs> I Kill. gave you my firstborn child. Shut the fuck up. It, but yeah, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Devil's greedy. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. There's I, no. Number. There's no number. Yeah. Okay. So how has writing and everything you've written, especially your sex and dating articles, has that affected your relationship? Have you learned a lot of things, or were you already like amazing at sex that you were like, mm, this is just writing? I've learned, hmm, like you've read about squirting recently or sex parties. Like, mm-hmm. does it ever translate to your personal life? Whatever you write. I mean, yeah, I get, like for instance, sex parties, you're writing about sex parties. You get a press invite to the mm-hmm. sex parties. You go to the sex parties. Mm-hmm. You realize that they're fun. Um, but, so sometimes, yes, but sometimes not at all like sometimes i write about subjects that it's like i'm just a journalist reporting yeah. on this and then i'm re- realize i'm like oh does everyone like think that i do that mm-hmm. so it really just depends but 
No, I've got the only thing I've learned is like how how to write it. I don't write about my personal life as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like when I was younger, I I I hurt people. Like I hurt people I loved because they like learned things on like vice about our relationship or like, you know. Wow. And and um I I I'm I I don't like hurting people I love. Mm-hmm. It really messes with me. Yeah, it's more just professional writing now. I I talk about personal experiences. I just give it a lot more consideration. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. whether I'm I you know, I always ask people, you know, like are you comfortable with this? Are you comfortable with me sharing this mm-hmm. detail? But honestly, I think the older I get, the more having like a private life is nice. You know, I don't necessarily want people to know everything about me. I like having a a home life that's that's mine mm-hmm. and that doesn't live on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone goes a little bit through that. Like they start sharing a lot and that helps them build their brand and then they're like I want to stop doing that. For yeah, I I honestly look back like I remember once I wrote about like when I like when I first moved to New York, I fell asleep in a cab and the cab driver I woke up and he had his like hand on my tit. And um I reported it. I tried it anyways, nothing mm-hmm. happened of n- nothing beca- became of it, but I wrote about it for a website for $50. On writers are so fucking underpaid. It's This insane. was I mean, I make more than $50 now, but at the time $50 it was like 2012. Mm-hmm. Then I hear I that they that this article was so successful for this company that they had like a little office party to celebrate it. Was I invited? No. I was not invited. The freelance writer who made they just gave me $50 and took the for story. For relieving your trauma. And they pretended to be my friend and then I felt stabbed in the back. And the internet has changed some. It's not as based in personal essays as it was like when millennials like me like hit the scene. But I, I do think I'm a little having exposed so much at a young age for like such little money made me hesitant to do to do it again I'm, I'm a little bitter is what I'm trying to say yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bitter and you should be I like when now when people want me to I've turned down like being on Netflix documentaries to talk about personal experiences um because I'm like I'm not giving you my narrative mm-hmm. um I would love to write a memoir someday my plan is to get really famous and then write that um but I actually turned down an assignment recently that was writing about my personal life because they weren't going to give me enough money. Mm-hmm. Like I, I told them a figure. I'm like, I, I would do this for this and they couldn't meet it. And so I'm, I'm like, I, okay, I have to step away. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's good business actually. But I, yeah, I did not have that confidence. Plus I needed the bylines. Plus I had a day job. So I didn't even need the money as mm-hmm. much um, when I first moved to New York. But a lot of young writers are are really taken advantage of. And I think have stories about them on the internet now that they're like i wish i didn't I do. haven't said that haven't yeah. said that yeah yeah it's tough because it'll be there like forever it's so hard now it's tough too because it's so hard to make it as a writer and building bylines is so important and it's 
it's so easy you know like writing i don't want to say writing personal essays is easy to like minimize mm-hmm. it but it's just like oh i have this story like i have this trauma i, I can tell it and mm-hmm. it, or at least that's how it used to be in in exchange for a byline and that by and and that is how i made my career that's how i got my book deal so it's hard to regret any of it mm-hmm. but i think about that moment when i found out there was like an office party about my 50 dollar like assault article so much and it, it like induces violence like in my yeah. chest to be honest with you yeah well, that's terrible well now i'm happy that you get to decide what you want to write about and if you don't ever want to write about your personal life you don't have to or it's in your own narrative like the memoir yeah the memoir that I, I have not written it yet i actually wrote like a memoir or a pitch for one when i was younger that didn't end up being sold i i started writing nonfiction, but i'm mm-hmm. I am so glad that it wasn't sold because mm-hmm. i've just ha- have such a change in perspective since then you know there's like people in that book that now i'm like that person doesn't even matter to me they're like a blip mm-hmm. um so i mean don't get me wrong plenty of people friends included write a like killer memoirs at a young age but i you know i've realized that that's something i can take my time with and like be my last book like on my way out if i yeah. really want and yeah. you're already writing books so you can take your time with it yeah i can and I will. And no one will have a office party for a $50 article about my trauma ever again. <laughs> Do you know what your next book is going to be? You're finished with this one, the sixth one. Do you have a plans for the seventh already? I do, but I'm like very superstitious mm-hmm. and I don't want to say anything about it until any ink is dry. But yes, I am always on to the next scam. <laughs> Amazing. This is the fanciest anyone's ever come on my podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I like to be fancy. Yeah, spotlights all on you. You, ha- you can have everything. <laughs> okay, what is something you wish more people knew about you? Oh, God, that's a good question. Um. Well, I started as a music writer. I that's what I thought I was going to be for a long time. And I do still write about music. I just profiled this pop star, Chapel Roan. Um, She's incredible. She's like, reminds me of Lady Gaga when she first hit the scene. She's a queer pop star. She's opening for Olivia Rodrigo and Guts. I got to profile her her from high times. Um, Sometimes I worry about that I have too many beats, that I cover too many different subjects. So I have to like throw another one at people or whatever you know screw that yes i can do it all through another one at you (laughs) yeah i just music is is such a big part of my life like i am listening to music constantly um i play the keyboard i sing horribly i love writing about music i love analyzing lyrics i i haven't written a book about it um and i ended up having more success writing about drugs and sex than music in the end or maybe that's just what I ended up pursuing but yeah lately I've been really wanting to get back into music journalism or or have been and wanting to do more of it okay yeah okay so support Sophie's music writing support my my music writing okay what is something you wish people did more like for me or in general either one well since it's Halloween um, I'll say people should like remember about death more (laughs) think about death. think about death i'm serious like i think about death it's just your time here is limited and it's special and so that's why you should like have the sex that you want um 
be honest about whether you're looking for a relationship or not live authentically um, exactly and then do what like makes you happy and and, mm-hmm. and have some fun I if agree. you can because you know it could end like any any second just to be really dark about it but that's the truth it is the truth yeah okay lastly why do we wish people did less controversial but i really don't think excluding like men or like cishet men from feminist spaces and conversations is the right move i think that god when i like look at masculinity i i cannot be imagine having grown up like with like the expectations that masculinity imposes on men it is a societal construct but so many men are just raised like not not to show emotions like not to have have empathy and i and i think that there's a lot of reason to get get angry at men and i absolutely understand all of them but i just i don't think man hating is like cool anymore to be honest with you when people do that i'm a little bit like wow how second wave feminist of you i i think like moving forward in conversations about sex and gender we we need to let everyone in and that we need to yeah like like just offer an education to men instead of ostracizing them and and isolating them from the conversation because i think doing so can just like send them to the wrong reddit board sometimes Mm -hmm. instead of giving them like a chance to redefine themselves and their values which is the goal ultimately what you think we we want ultimately Mm -hmm. and also i think something that everyone i mean not everyone not maybe like a you know people who inflict violence and on others yeah yeah but i think that you know most most people deserve a chance at Mm -hmm. i love that i think i needed to hear that so thank you you're welcome you're welcome okay um where can people find you at the bowie cat on instagram yeah follow me there just that one place i don't use twitter anymore okay. it just i have actually really enjoyed watching it go up in flames since elon musk bought it mm-hmm. um i really don't like being on social media it gives me a lot of anxiety i have a social media manager mm-hmm. she like does all my posts um and she as in me is most active on instagram and that seems to be what publishers are looking at when they look at like an author's currency mm-hmm. of followers so yeah go to instagram and if no one responds to your message it's only because i don't even go on it so don't be offended <laughs> okay and where can people get your books if they want to buy them god i mean i always just like do the amazon link because again like publishers look at your amazon like reviews and ratings but then there's, there's like people who are better people than me who are like, oh, Amazon is evil. I want to buy it from an indie bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> so it's available from my publisher and um, their website and indie bookstores website. You can get it from Walmart. I have like, I, I unfortunately for everyone, not for everyone come from kind of like a redneck background. So I have a soft, sp- soft spot for Walmart <laughs> and like seeing my name on Walmart's website actually makes me so proud. <laughs> I think it's an accomplishment. It's something. You know, like when you're not from the U.S., whenever you come to the U.S., 
people tell you like you have to go to walmart it's part of the culture well that's why i mean i grew up in the virgin islands but my family is from the midwest like that's Mm -hmm. where my grandma lives um my parents are like expat types but when i we didn't have walmart in the virgin islands like i remember we we eventually got kmart and it was like the biggest deal but when (laughs) i saw like a walmart for the first time Mm -hmm. in like the middle of america it just yeah it blew it blew my mind (laughs) it absolutely blew my mind and it still does. So yeah, just fuck it. Go to Walmart and type in Sophie St. Thomas. <laughs> yeah, Support your special. local Walmart. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Are you ready to turn off the lights? Yes, I am ready. <laughs>